0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode one of Syncing with Service Now. I'm your host, Andy Whiteside. This is our introductory podcast where we talk about the podcast series and what we're going to do. I've got with me my weekly co-host, Eric Schwartz. Eric, how's it going?
1: It's going great, Andy. Thanks for having me.
0: Well, and thank you for joining. Uh, Let's kind of introduce our group here, our listeners, um, as to what we're doing. So you have been gracious enough to work with me to do a series of podcasts around ServiceNow, where we just simply go out and we review blogs off the, uh, the ServiceNow blog site, and we find things that we find interesting that we think people might be interested in consuming, and we give them a different way to consume it while you and I talk through it and add context. Uh, I context. Um, what's, um, let's, let's start by talking a little bit about you. What's, what's your background, Eric?
1: Yeah, thanks. So I've been with ServiceNow for uh, approaching three and a half years. And uh, I am currently an advisory solution consultant. I support our uh, Alliances and Channels organization. Um, I'm based in New Jersey. And uh, previous to ServiceNow, I have a longstanding history in the data center and uh, supporting different technologies within the data center. And a big portion of that time was spent uh, with data storage technologies, uh, but I, it kind of runs the gamut, servers, networking, storage, virtualization, etc. cetera.
0: Okay. So first question, Southern New Jersey or, or Northern New Jersey?
1: So I'm going to give you a, a option C, which is Central New Jersey. And mm-hmm. uh, depending upon who you ask, Central New Jersey sometimes exists and sometimes doesn't, but I say it does. So <laughs> I'm on the West side of New Jersey, very close to Pennsylvania, uh, I'm south of, of 195, which means I get Philadelphia news stations. So I should be rooting for the Eagles and the Phillies. Uh, but I was I grew up in uh, the northern part of central Jersey. So I'm a, a Giants fan. And, uh, you know, I, I tend to hail towards the New York side of the sports teams.
0: OK, and um, that makes sense, and especially in that region. Right. You got to you got to pick one or the other. Um, now let me ask you this, do you have to hate the other one or are <laughs> you of the other one?
1: Uh, I guess that really depends upon who you ask. Uh, okay. I, I, also, um, spent a substantial part of my life in the Boston area, uh, Uh-oh. where I went to college there at Northeastern. So when you talk about sports fans and hating other sports fans, I spent a lot of time in, uh, Red Sox territory. So, you know, I, I'm an impartial person. I'm, I'm in it for the love of the game. Anything beyond that uh, you have to ask somebody else who puts the war paint on and goes to the stadium.
0: Yeah. So that was good. You gave it, you gave the proper political answer <laughs> and probably genuine based on the fact that I could see your face and how you answered it. That's, you know, it's, it's just a game, right? It's just a game. I, I will tell you a quick, funny story. I was on a call with one of my sales guys. He's based in Boston. He, uh, we were on the call with some folks uh, from New York. This was just after I think the Patriots had won yet another Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And he, he, he starts the call by saying, hey, how's it going? Good. How's it going? Oh, I'm doing great. You know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Patriots fan. We just keep, keep crushing it. And I was like, okay, if we're talking to a customer in Boston, that's fine. But let's don't make that the first thing we say to a New York-based <laughs> customer. We
1: right. don't know
0: how they feel about it.
1: This is true. This is true. And, oh. uh, you know, you never know. So
0: religion, politics and sports are things you got to be careful about bringing up, at least if you're going to bring it up in such a way that you're clearly on one side or the other.
1: This is very true, Very, especially if you want to uh, sell something. <laughs> you want to sure. appeal to the people, not upset them.
0: Right, right. Well, uh, Eric, I I caught something in your intro of yourself that I find interesting. How did you go from what sounds like an infrastructure guy to a software as a service, extremely capable and vast platform like ServiceNow?
1: So, uh, great question. And uh, I guess like a micro history is uh, my life has been born and bred in technology Um, I take a lot of influence from my father who, uh, had a x-ray, uh, technology company way back in the eighties and, uh, then, you know, became an it consultant and it heavily influenced me like as a, uh, as a child. So, you know, I had very early contact with technology that you know, I was working in with technology that was only available to people in a corporate environment as a kid, and so that imprinted very heavily on me. So really, any technology, whether it's a hobby or in my career, is something that gets me excited and and keeps me interested. But you know, investing heavily in infrastructure and data storage it propelled me, gave me great experiences, and it was a great place to be in. You know, in my career, but. As soon as the internet started to develop, and um, uh, the, the technology from a hardware perspective started to become a commodity, and there was a shift that I could see uh, in in that, you know, the cloud providers had a goal to turn infrastructure into a utility, and um, I wanted to. Uh, I saw that like writing on the wall, and not that you know infrastructure is going away by any means. It's shifting, it's changing, and I saw a lot of excitement in in the cloud, in the uh, platforms as a service in the cloud, and uh, ServiceNow was something that was on my radar. Um, and you know, connecting the dots between actually some people that I had uh, became very close with in my infrastructure days, who had made the move. Um, it was something that kind of all things lined up. And I was like, you know what, this, this service has expanded their portfolio so much beyond just a IT service management solution that they're really going after being like an operating system for your business. And that really intrigued me. So it kind of was like the perfect storm at that time.
0: You know, I had the same conversation with somebody, I think yesterday, and we talked about the limitations of on-premises data centers, which clearly have some type of limitation, whether it's size or cooling or power or uh, CapEx cost. But when you talk about true cloud services, whether it's IaaS or PaaS or SaaS, and I would maybe argue that um, ServiceNow maybe covers a bunch of those, if not all those services, but certainly SaaS and maybe platform as a service PaaS. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it fair to say that in your mind, when you're as a service, that the opportunity to continue to expand and evolve and add value is l- almost limitless.
1: Um, it definitely, I, I definitely agree with that, and um, it, that's part of the of the interest in as a service platform infrastructure, whatever it may be, is that it can be transformed into pretty much anything that you want, in without the need to get the nuts and bolts and start putting stuff together. And it has a elasticity, I guess, or a dynamic component to it that does not exist in building and running your own infrastructure. Uh, you know, there's still going to be a place for that. And, you know, if any of my friends that are still in infrastructure happen to be listening to this, I would hate to have them have them think that i'm telling them that their future is is forsaken or whatever which i'm not doing but i agree like you know the dynamicness of of the cloud and of as a service there's a there's a lot of potential there right it's it's whatever you want it to be it's not just what it was when you bought it
0: right and and what about speed to evolution and what something as a service brings to that that scenario
1: Yeah, I mean, that too, right? So being able to uh, have access to develop something, to scale basically instantaneously without much thought uh, and scale up and scale down. I mean, that the ability for a business to be able to do that, it breaks a lot of barriers down, especially if whether you're small or large, right? If you have an idea and you want to try something, The ability to jump in and build out what you need without having to uh, physically put it together, uh, it's tremendous, right? There's unlimited opportunity to do that. And the speed at which to be able to do that would be critical for bringing anything to market or supporting any kind of demand.
0: So, Eric, this might be the hardest question I ever ask you on this podcast series, but as succinctly as possible, what does ServiceNow do? (laughs)
1: <laughs> what does ServiceNow do? Yeah, well, that's a great question. And uh, we make workflow. That is uh, that is the basic fundamental principle of ServiceNow. And uh, anybody will tell you that, including our CEO. Um, if you want, I can elaborate a little bit more on that, though, since that's just like a nugget.
0: Well, well let me pause on that real quick. And, and this is something a lot of people don't get in technology. The whole point of the IT department is to make work better, to make workflow better, to make employees' lives better. And I know sometimes it doesn't always work out that way, but that is the goal. And I'll tell you for me personally, I was in a meeting one time and I was listening to my team talk and it was clear to me that my boss and my peers didn't get that the job was to make our employees' lives better, to make our company more successful and more productive. It was all about them and whatever application they were responsible for. And I think part of the uh, genesis of the ServiceNow story is the recognition that helping business be better, doing it software as a service, using a platform and, a, and an architecture that was kind of standardized within ServiceNow, but extensible, that's a big part of the ServiceNow story, right?
1: Yeah. I, so there's, there's the way that I would explain ServiceNow to uh, my grandmother And there's a way that I would explain Service Now to someone who is inside a company, right? And the the way I would talk to my grandmother is is that we we take work, we we create a platform that allows people that to create or to reduce friction when it comes to doing work, right? Like if you need to do work and you need to collaborate with people and get work done, we make those experiences, we power the experiences that power that work in a way that makes it like you're calling a car from your phone to pick you up or ordering something, you know, where it's so simple and so easy to use that there's almost no friction in doing it. Right. That, that's the the outside view of it. But if I was going to be talking to somebody who is working at an organization and they're wondering what ServiceNow does, um, while it's a similar approach, I would say like, you know, when you're when you're working and you need to request something of somebody, or uh, you want to keep track of something, you know, how are you doing that today? And, you know, is it Excel? Is it spreadsheets and documents and emails? It's, it's a, it's a long established, but complex system. And what we can do is simplify that by making you being able to work and make requests of nearly anything from anywhere and anybody across your entire company, right? And, and we have a lot of different technologies that empower those experiences.
0: And, and that's extremely important because if you stop at the end of someone's life and look at what they spent time doing, work is gonna be a big chunk of that pie. And maybe the biggest chunk, other than sleeping, work may be the most they did of anything.
1: I'm sure there is some statistic that says that specifically, yes, absolutely. And
0: my wife would argue that it'd be like half my pie because I just happen to love working. So it's kind of okay.
1: (laughs) Well, there's a a saying, if you uh, love what you do, you don't ever work a day in your life or something like that. So I think that that's debatable too. Or I would agree with it. You can make that debate.
0: There's certainly some truth to that. And it sounds like ServiceNow gets that and gets that it hasn't been as good as it could have been and creating a platform that allows you to continue to evolve it is kind of the mindset while thinking about the human element and where the human element um, applies to getting work done.
1: Yeah, well, I'll say this. Uh, you know the the key term, just like the cloud as being this spiffy term that everybody uses, is also digital transformation, right And that pertains a lot to what ServiceNow does. Uh, but there's been a great appreciation for, real digital transformation in the last 12 months. Uh, when work went from not being able to go look over the cubicle wall and talk to somebody uh, and not being able to you know, take that print out and give it to someone, right? It, the, the ability to collaborate and um, work with people from all over the place, you know, one, even if you were just one office of a small group of people, you know, now you're distributed because everybody's working from home, right? And so the ServiceNow has had a, uh, a great deal of um, success in helping our customers throughout the last 12 months, being able to digitally transform their organization and the work that they're doing and take away the friction that existed in a time that we kind of took for granted, right? And I think, and it's not just my words, but the words of, you know, other big time people here at ServiceNow that um, the digital transformation is here to stay. And it's more important now than ever before. And it's not just about doing work it's you know how efficient are you doing it how how much effort does it take you to, to to work with that person collaborate with somebody or make a request of something or get help or look up information i mean the list goes on for depending upon what it is you want to do but there's there's a lot of uh opportunity there for ServiceNow to help help business and people uh, and that's ultimately what it's about
0: and and what industries are we talking about
1: uh, to be honest, it's, it's almost all of them. Uh, I mean, you we've even, we, you know, whether it's medical hospitals, state and local government, large enterprises, telecommunication companies, it it, it spans the gamut, uh, you know, federal organizations, I don't think that there is an industry that um, there isn't some relevance to service now, and it's, what we're doing
0: it's any industry, any business that wants to improve, improve their business, right? And use technology to do so, it's never, you're never gonna be done, right? There's always gonna be areas of efficiency and improvement, whether it's interacting internally, whether it's process management, whether it's uh, customers you know, submitting information that you need to take and digest and, and take the data out of that and, and, and improve your business that way. It really is an exciting opportunity in the ServiceNow world, because you go to bed tonight, you might have it covered, but when you wake up in the morning, you got a new idea and guess what, you can go get it.
1: Yeah, I, and one of the things that uh, excited me about ServiceNow, like I mentioned earlier, is our ever expanding portfolio, right? And so, um, you know, ServiceNow has made a bunch of acquisitions over the last few years, we're constantly adding to our portfolio and our capability, and of course, ServiceNow is also a development platform, and you know there's a lot of low-code, no-code tools and capabilities out there. So even if something doesn't exist today, a customer can put it together. And um, even when it comes came to what was happening again with with like the pandemic, and what we were doing, we actually created a community forum that allowed people to submit ideas because. We were literally on the bleeding edge of what was going on. And some of the products that we had released early on in the pandemic were built by customers because something never existed before to coordinate an emergency response in a way that they needed to, right? And it just shows that, you know, sky's the limit and uh, that there's really, uh, there are ideas out there that haven't been thought of or built that will be, and, you know, who knows what that, what's going to look like.
0: And there'll be thousands of additional new ideas later today. Yep. Never stops. Hey, Eric, I got to run. I've got another podcast to go record and meet with someone. But this has been great. I'm looking forward to doing the series. Uh, You're obviously the right person to do it with. Your, Your head's in the right place. Your heart's in the right place. I'm looking forward to it.
1: I appreciate it. I'm looking forward to it as well. And I appreciate the time. We'll do it again in a week. Thank you. Thanks. Talk to you later.